Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Oh, man, welcome back to It Could Happen Here, a podcast about it, meaning bad things, happening here, meaning, you know, here. Um, obviously, here at Cool Zone, we uh, we have a little bit of a habit of talking about cults. Um, some of you who have been listening to Behind the Bastard since the beginning will remember how we we kind of started that series with uh, a several long episodes about a guy named Keith Raniere. Um, and today we're here to talk with a wonderful author and journalist, Sarah Berman, who has written both about the Nexium cult and about a new cult that some of you are probably familiar with. If you if you caught the the recent Netflix documentary, I think Prime has a documentary out too on the Twin Flames cult. Um, and so we're going to introduce why this is such an interesting cult, why it's kind of groundbreaking. But first, Sarah, welcome so much to the show, Graham. Hey, hey. Uh, so good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Um, Sarah, your book is called Don't Call It a Cult. Wonderful book about the Nexium cult. And yeah, you were you are kind of the person who first, I'm not sure if you're the very first person to ever report on Twin Flames, but you're certainly the person who broke the story in a in a, a meaningful and detailed way. Um, how did you well, first off, we should probably start with how would you describe Twin Flames to people? Right. So Twin Flames Universe began as sort of a YouTube channel and a Facebook group uh, that was all about finding true love. So this group promises not only that you find your true love, but also that you will find career fulfillment and enlightenment and basically everything good will happen to you. Miracles will happen only if you spend thousands of dollars on their coursework and keep up with their 
sort of spiritual homework, which is a never-ending treadmill. And um, eventually it sort of becomes, you know, uh, an all-powerful control over people's lives, where they go, who they interact with, uh, even their life partner, uh, even their gender identity. So, um, yeah, lots of people calling it a matchmaking cult. Yeah, um, it's a matchmaking. I mean, one of the things that I think is interesting to me about the kind of like rhetoric of the of the cult leaders, and this is one that there do seem to be kind of two people heading it up, a couple, um, is the the idea that like they have the ability to see who someone's soulmate is, and like that's a that's kind of a it, it both sort of I think the appeal this has speaks to among other things, kind of the deep loneliness that a lot of younger people feel, you know, as we're dealing with this kind of increasingly closed off, isolated nature of society, especially since COVID, um, as well as kind of mixing that with some of these, you know, much longer standing, older cult traditions in a way that that felt really, um, really interesting to me and also like something that could only exist now. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah, there's so much to unpack there. So in their early days in 2014, this couple, Jeff and Shalia, um, I mean, Shalia is actually a Megan, but Shalia is the name she arrived at through some conscious journeying. Sure. They have these videos where they just met and they are in love and they are making eyes at each other. And this is something to attain. It was sort of started as this, you know, romantic YouTuber content. And then they start selling, yes, you can have this too. All you have to do is buy our, you know, coursework and whatnot. And I think it does speak to, especially during the pandemic, a sort of deep, dark loneliness and isolation that's happening um, where people are enticed by this couple who they're just regular, you know, Michigan white people. Um, they're, they're making eyes at each other. It doesn't look like anything special to an outsider, but Clearly, you know, thousands of people have sort of latched onto it, have have, you know, hoped that this secret knowledge that this group is giving them, you know, will bring them happiness. And because it's sort of an all encompassing ideology where if you even question the group, well, then you are definitely never going to see your life partner and will probably see hell at some point in your life. You know, it just Great. creates this. <laughs> perverse incentive to just keep pouring time and effort into this group in a way that, yeah, I don't think could exist um, in any other time frame, especially not through Zoom, right? So most of these classes uh, that they sell are happening on Zoom, just like you and I are on today. So that, you know, Nexium could never achieve, right? This group has achieved a level of, you know, connection and um, I don't know, just getting into people's brainstems through a laptop screen, which is incredible for our time. Yeah, it's very, I mean, again, this is part of what's so modern about it is it it, it appears to work entirely like cults and, and particularly cult leaders are tend to be such social phenomena. This is nearly always a thing that involves person to person contact. And in fact, one of the things any cult expert will tell you is a hallmark of a cult is it's the focus it puts on isolating members and prospective members away from their friends and their family and keeping them under the power of the cult leader at all times. 
And it, this is very, people are not all together. They're not all living in one area. They're geographically isolated. The dynamics that this reproduces itself with are, are parasocial dynamics. The same dynamics podcast listeners have with like, 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 you know, it's a more extreme version of that. But it's part of this thing we see with, with Twitch streamers. We see it with like YouTubers, this kind of... And and it solves one of the mysteries because I've watched this doc with a couple of friends who kept being like, well, these people don't seem charismatic. They don't seem – this doesn't seem like – it doesn't seem like they could be attaining this degree of control over people. And I think part of what explains that is just like, well, someone may not seem charismatic when you're watching little clips of them in a documentary. But when they're in your ears and you know on calls with you and stuff all day, every day – it, it you your body builds up like it, they they get through your defenses that way like that's how parasocial relationships kind of work absolutely yeah you you just have the binging quality of how people consume media these days and it's the same for you know uh youtube rabbit holes that radicalize sort of right wing white men so it's the same process these folks who i was speaking to they were consuming up to 10 even 15 hours of this content per day and they were feeling like they had to keep up with that just to maintain their coaching title or what have you so yes they're they have jeff inside their head at all times they start speaking like him you know you can kind of tell when an a still involved member emails you that it sounds just like the leaders. Um, it is a, yeah, fully saturating, indoctrinating process. And I guess, yeah, you don't have to be particularly charismatic in person to achieve that kind of saturation uh, when you have the YouTube algorithm, you know, yeah. unfortunately, my YouTube algorithm is also ruined. So oh, my yeah, next sure. up on YouTube is looking pretty. Um, it's yikes these days. No, I, um, I actually discovered a, a really effective method of uh, for my own research in various cults, which is I just use my roommate's YouTube premium account. <laughs> so I have I have ruined his life, but. It's not a problem for me. So it, it's it's worked out really well is what I'm saying. I mean, I might try that solution, but I live with my, you know, partner. So he might not appreciate that. Uh, we'll see how it goes, though. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious. How did you get on this story? Like, what was what was your backstory there? Yeah, so I was in the depths still of reporting on Nexium. I don't believe the sentencing for Keith Raniere had happened yet at that point. So this was late 2019, early 2020, one of the mothers was the first to reach out to me. And she had two daughters who are featured in the Netflix series uh, in the group. And she had told me that she was cut off from all contact, that the only contact she did have with one of her daughters was when she sent thousands of dollars. Um, and so that to me right away, um, like you said, you know, isolating people from their family members who might, you know, raise questions or, you know, want to know more about what's happening, asking for money so blatantly, you know, and, and denying contact based on an amount of money sent. That all sounded pretty bad to me. And so I started looking into it. That mom pointed me towards Elle, who is also featured in the Netflix series, she's also Katie in the um, Vanity Fair piece 
uh, that later came out after our reporting. And it just sort of snowballed from there. Um, Al put me in touch with, I would say, half a dozen ex-members at that point. Uh, Some different mothers started contacting me because they all were sort of in a group chat trying to figure out how they could reestablish content, uh, contact with their mostly daughters. That was my origin story. Uh, We put out a piece fairly quickly. I tried to get it out within a month or two of of that first contact. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I I, I want to continue talking about this. We'll get into a lot more. But first, it's time for an ad break. So here we go. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Ah, and we're back. Mia, did you have anything you wanted to, to, to move into next? Yeah, so there are some parts of this that are very familiar in the sense of the, the, the combination of Christianity and weird New Age spiritualism stuff. I think it's a pretty old combination. I mean, the Moody's very famously sort of pioneered this thing. I mean, and, you know, you can go back to the 1800s and find versions of it. The thing that I think is interesting about it is the the way that they've effectively been doing conversion therapy on people. And I don't know, this is something I haven't really seen before from a cult. And I guess I guess I think the 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 way into this is talking about the sort of divine masculine, divine feminine stuff. For um, sure. Yeah. I agree that this seemed new and you know, sort of bizarre to me. And certainly I've already seen on Twitter some uh, right-wing takes on it that yeah. give me 
a lot of uncomfortable feelings because they're obviously taking the wrong opposite lesson. You know, when I guess when I watch this, I see, see, you can't tell someone what their gender is. You know, it doesn't work. It falls apart. It doesn't make sense. Um, But I think, yeah, something that's been taken away in some smaller circles uh, is that, oh, see, you can coach someone uh, to change their gender. um, And that's, you know, blame teachers, blame whoever uh, for doing that. Um, So this particular group uh, does have a divine masculine and divine uh, feminine teaching that used to be uh, a little more flimsy. So in the early days, they just said, if you're in a queer couple, it just means one of you has the more wearing pants vibe. You know, it wasn't supposed to literally translate to um, a gender expression or a gender identity. Um, but later on, when, you know, you had this growing amount of, you know, cis women who are, um, I mean, they're interested in finding their man. Um, and that's not happening because, you know, the group makes it very hard to actually meet outside people. If you're on this constant treadmill of uh, doing spiritual homework, uh, you don't have time to meet new people. And maybe when you talk about it, it, it it's pushing people away. So eventually in late 2019, they started actually making pairings. And to get around the fact that, you know, folks said, well, that's not my you know, orientation, I'm not attracted to women, they started actually telling people, well, you're the divine masculine. And actually, you know, you going back your whole life probably knew this all along, and we're just revealing something to you. Um, And that sat the wrong way in a lot of cases. Um, And a lot of people left around that time. Um, But they six... Uh, successfully paired up, I I think, more than a dozen people around that time, and they continued to do pairings into 2020. Uh, And some folks did come along on the journey. They did, in some cases, pursue top surgery and hormones uh, and have changed their names, changed their pronouns. Um, It's, yeah, it's not... Obviously, there are moms who are just barely coming to terms with this. And, you know, they're not always using the right language and they're a little confused, you know, and that confusion was often used as a reason to cut off all contact, you know, say, hey, mom, you're transphobic, you know, and push them aside. And so I think it is new in some sense, but it's also very old in the sense that cults often create a brand new identity for people, right? Like new names when you join a cult is not a new thing. That That's something that a lot of, you know, and changing hair, right? Shaving no, a head. That's, that's, that's like, like one of the OG cult things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, I guess, an updated version where, I mean, it's kind of smart in a way that like people might be f- afraid to question it, right? Like you're hiding behind something that sounds very progressive and very inclusive. Um, And that's what a lot of cults do is they hide in very progressive spaces. Oh, sure. But yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And I definitely (laughs) like to bring experts up to speed on this and get their perspectives because I don't know everything. You know, I can't possibly uh, pretend to know what's in someone's 
heart and mind and body, you know, at any time. So um, everyone is just working through it. Like one of the experts in the documentary says, you know, some of these folks could have been trans men all along, but the way that they're being told to do it is is concerning, to say the least. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's some interesting stuff with how they were able to do this, which is uh, even, even before they started forcibly transitioning people, there was this is, I think, the most trans people I've ever seen in a cult like this. Like the, the, the number of people who were trans going in was really high. And I, I suspect that was how they were able to sort of like, like, you know, like one of the people in the documentary was talking about how she was like a trans woman. She was being basically like tokenized by the group as this like, hey, we're like trans inclusive thing. And I wonder how much of the way they were able to do this is from basically taking the firsthand experience of like actual trans people and then like using that to try to convince people of this really weird sort of essentialist like we've decided that you're the divine masculine so you have to transition to be a man now stuff the origin story of it is you're right in reaching out to lgbtq type communities so folks like arcelia who you see in the documentary and also jesse who you see in the netflix documentary they were sent out recruiting in queer spaces so any type of queer Facebook group, Twitter user, you know, YouTuber, they were in the comments there talking about their twin flame journey um, and talking about how queer inclusive it was. So they were actively doing that. And it's fascinating to see, you know, you can go back through Twitter history and find, you know, how they were phrasing these things, you know, like that was their job basically to do outreach for the group in queer spaces. They also did lots of PTSD spaces, uh, former military spaces. Sure. You know, they really like tried to find any slice of a person who might need a community, who might be lonely and and sort of feed them into the group. And you're right. I think if you have a bunch of queer, open minded people in a space, uh, there's a lot you can do with, you know, suggestion. There's a lot you can do with. A deck of tarot cards. It seems a lot of these, yeah. you know, gender conversions started with a tarot reading um, it, where they would just hold up a card that represented them or their supposed partner and, you know, sort of building off of that. So it is it's new and old in so many ways because, yeah, you're just using the divine uh, to basically just dictate um any aspect of someone's life, you know, what they eat, what they wear, where they go, everything. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's also, we're talking about like how, uh, uh, how much of this kind of plays on loneliness. The fact that people are desperate for companionship, that particularly younger people are like dating less or more socially isolated. And like, if you want to push that up to the nth degree, you take a group of people who is under siege right now. And so particularly having trouble like being safely out and around people, right? Like you you give them what looks like it's a safe, welcoming community that's supportive of them. Um, and if especially they have not had that, uh, yeah, it's it's I mean, it's deeply insidious and uh, evil, I would say. 
It's powerful stuff. I would say when I go on the Facebook group, you know, I'm blocked now, but when I could, it would, you know, show folks really deep into a fantasy, you know, like they want a perfect life for themselves where they are openly welcomed with open arms, where the people that they care about care about them back, you know, and that's often not actually the case in their home life. Um, but it seems to be real on this Facebook page. And they think, you know, if I just put in the work, this will happen for me. That straight guy who I'm into is going to come around and see that we're twin flames. And so, yeah, it definitely also feeds into a bit of fantasy and delusion that's, you know, I think maybe a symptom of us being so isolated in our, you know, uh, pandemic uh, brain spaces. Speaking of isolated, uh, shit. Well, it's an ad. It's an ad break. I don't. I don't have anything that goes with that. But here's some ads. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Ah, and we're back. Sorry, you've you've just encountered some of our our classic incompetent ad transitions. But what's not incompetent is your reporting on this subject. Um, and I'm I'm curious as you realize how potentially a lot of what's going on in this cult with this divine masculine, divine feminine stuff could, if not handled carefully, play into some really pernicious culture war stuff that's going on in the country right now. Um, How do you kind of like, how consciously did you sort of work to avoid that? Yeah, that that is definitely something I'm worried about is that this could feed into some sort of 
culture war talking point. And, yeah. you know, you're seeing the seeds of that. Um, if you search Twitter very deeply, you can find it. I guess X. I'm calling it Twitter. It's still Twitter to <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, it's still it's still Twitter. That's it's the only acceptable yeah. dead naming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dead naming. Yes. Yeah, so um, I definitely wanted to be as careful as possible. Listen to trans people as much as possible. You know, so that's why Arcelia was one of the first folks that I talked to and, you know, she had just such a interesting understanding of this because she, you know, had transitioned before she came into this group and she was able to witness so much of the coaching that was happening. Um, and I'm just so grateful for someone who goes through that ringer and still is able to articulate what happened afterwards because, you know, not everybody um, comes around to understanding it as deeply as she did. So, that was my main, you know, thing was I was going to listen to trans people. And then, yeah, I guess just trying to sort out what was the ideology of the group, how that was being, you know, I guess executed. Sure. Um, and yeah, just trying to come from this expert perspective that, yeah, nobody can tell you what your gender is. And this is actually an example of that. It was hard to wrap my head around and I still worry about it. I'm still worrying about my words kind of right now. Yeah, that, that was something in the documentary that like you could see the filmmakers kind of like you can you can see them kind of going back and forth between wanting to use people getting top surgery as this kind of like shock factor thing, but then also like at the same time being like, wait, hold on. Like this is, you know, this is something that you can very, very easily like be a right-wing transphobe and just like take a clip of and put on the internet and be like, Hey, like we need to stop gender clinics from being able to do this. And I don't know. Like, I, I think, I, I think you've handled it pretty well, but I don't know. Like it, this is, this is something that is like, the, the, I, I think like one of the important things is like this cult is ran by cis people and this is, you know, and I, I, I think it was a good decision for you to talk about it in terms of conversion therapy, because that's a lot closer to what's happening than people transitioning. And, you know, I mean, like it's, I don't know, it, like I, I would say the thing that's complicated about it, right. Is, you know, you it's you can't talk. It's really, really. It, you, it's almost impossible to like talk to the people who are going through this and get an understanding of what their sense of their gender is. I mean, like I've I watched a couple of the videos that they made, and like I don't know. It, it, it's 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 really difficult to like. It's 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 easy to play armchair psychologist with it, and I don't want to do that. And so, Definitely. yeah, I think, I think you've been walking and a difficult line and yeah. I keep my hands off that too. You know, like I am not going to tell any one of those folks, you know, Gabe, Ray, what's going on in their brains and bodies. I just do happen to know about the systematic sort of sure. coaching that they were, yeah. you know, exposed to. So, you know, for, in the case of Jesse Hersey, uh, she had months and months of coaching around letting go of her entire life, her entire identity, starting over. Let go of any image of what you think your twin flame could be. 
right? And so if if you're doing that, you know, and and eventually folks do sort of acquiesce. I think it's similar in a gender conversion coaching situation. Some people acquiesce, you know, they they get into a high pressure situation. They're being told who they are. They're being told there will be consequences if they, you know, go back to their normal queer self. So so that actually does get somebody to change, but in a fear-based situation. So I can speak to the coaching, but yes, I'm never going to be a person telling anyone what their gender is because we don't know. Um, hopefully, you know, they can break free of what I think is, you know, pretty manipulative, coercive practices, and then they can tell us more about who they are. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think the other thing I'll say about that is like, well, I mean, we we know just on a societal level that it's possible to force people to live as a gender that they're not and to identify themselves as that gender by systematic social pressure. We know this because this is the story of like every trans person who's ever lived, right? And, totally. You know, and like it sucks. Like <laughs> it really fucking sucks. <laughs> like having having someone force a gender on you. And I I really hope that these people, like I, I hope these people find find who they are and you know what whatever form that takes that they're not being coerced into it because like yeah and this is something I, th- I think that was in i think it was in the netflix documentary that, that people were talking about this it's like you know in terms of people who could understand what this is like like i think other trans people are probably some of the only people in the world who actually do like even sort of understand what it's like to be forced to be a gender that you're not and so yeah i know i'm i'm hoping that this develops in a way like of solidarity and not of weaponization by right-wingers but i mean i think you guys have done all you could reasonably do to avoid that like the the the, the culture war is going to do what the culture war does um i wanted to get into Keith Raniere a little bit and, and kind of how what went on with the Nexium cult, because uh, he's a friend of the pod over here. We've, we've talked a lot <laughs> about the, the details of what he got up to. He's obviously probably the biggest recent cult in 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 the US and like US popular culture, at least, you know, there's a couple other there's a little bit of other competition for that title, but not a ton. Um, and yeah, you I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how some of how people's awareness of that, because like in, obviously, given the media environment, all the people getting pulled in by the Twin Flames cult were aware to some extent of cult dynamics and probably of this story of this cult that is not unrelated. Definitely. Yeah. So there is a bit of stories colliding. When you write about cults, there's only so many of them and inevitably yeah. the stories start to cross over. Um, so I was still, yeah, covering the Nexium trial and, you know, fallout sentencings when this story came across my desk, you know, and even the first person who talked to me about it was like, I think it's similar. You know, I think their practices are similar. And sure enough, I go and look at this mind alignment process and you're right. It's, it's kind of similar to auditing and Scientology It's kind of similar to, you know, what Nexium was doing. So it's, um, yeah, the, the tools of manipulation are common across many of these groups. And I would say, you know, not just ex-members of Twin Flames, but even potentially the leaders of Twin Flames 
have studied other groups, including Nexium. There is the detail in the documentary that Jeff actually made folks in the group write an essay about why Keith Raniere was a cult leader, but why he was not one based on watching The Vow and Seduced. So that's just, yeah, worlds colliding for me. Um, but yeah, I think Nexium has in some ways brought a certain understanding. So uh, some of the f- sources I was talking to, yeah, had an understanding of how that worked and, you know, what made that wrong, what made that coercion. Twin Flames doesn't have as many of the aspects as Nexium. So they don't have a blackmail program, right? There's no branding in Twin Flames universe. And, you know, their diet plan was actually, you know, load up on calories, right? So there's some uh, various differences that, you know, maybe Jeff studied and thought he could fly under the radar with that. I don't know. I don't know Jeff's motivations. He has only sent me long rambling emails. He has never agreed to an interview. But um, but yes, there's so much commonality, um, including the lawsuits that came out of this. So when I reported on this in 2020, uh, immediately after our first story, uh, Twin Flames Universe sent a bunch of threatening letters to all of um, who they suspected was cooperating with my reporting. So this was a group of some 35 people. Um, I definitely didn't interview all of them, but they were suspected collaborators. And it basically said, if you do not retract your story within 24 hours uh, and write a public apology, we are going to publish very damning information about you um, and we might pursue a lawsuit. And this letter was not signed by a lawyer, you know, so sure. Vice felt That's very That's the first sign it's legit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in reporting on it, mm-hmm. um, which we did. Um, and of course, nobody retracted. But sure enough, a couple months after that, they did file a defamation suit against, I want to say, seven or eight members and, and one mom. And of course, that got thrown out. But that's that's the Nexium playbook is sue sue folks until they don't speak to you anyone anymore, right? So sure. it's a silencing tactic. Um and it worked. It really shook people up. Uh I definitely wanted to give people space after that. Yeah, it was definitely deja vu, I guess, uh, to see that many lawsuits. Uh, because there were two separate ones, uh, both thrown out. Yeah. I mean, and that's like something I've had to like coach some some younger journalists and stuff through too because it's a it's a favored tactic of a lot of terrible people like send out legal threats and like this is not legal advice you should always consult a lawyer but the vast majority of threats like that that are sent out cannot be backed up to any realistic extent again don't ever assume that always consult a lawyer about this sort of thing but like the fact that somebody sends you a, a I, we're going to sue you or a, like a cease and desist does not mean they can actually hurt you right it just means like for a lot of people that's like a go-to sort of thing yeah but it does um evoke emotions yeah. like in and, the netflix and, documentary and it does mean you've got to reach out to a lawyer which is scary you know yes yeah. yes Thankfully, we had vice lawyers at the, on that one. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. In the Netflix documentary, Jeff actually names me, you know, and tries to intimidate me by name. And 
that was actually cut from a much longer video. Um, and I have to say, when it first came out, it did make me want to puke. Now, when I see it in the series, I, it makes me laugh. But it, yeah, you can really intimidate someone with that stuff. Sure. I think we should probably end on kind of talking about where things are now. Because again, if you've watched the documentary, I think the thing that was brought up to me by a couple of people I know who watched it was like, so wait, they're still just out there doing it? You know, we're, we're used to when stuff like this gets covered, um, there being some sort of satisfying narrative arc. They've been charged. They're in, you know, prison. They're on the run. But this, like, they're just continuing to to do cult stuff. And I think part of, like, one of the things that is unfortunate is just, I'm not a, a law expert again, but just from what I'm looked at, it's not clear to me that they've broken a law in a way that's going to be easy to come after them for. Yeah. So this is the interesting thing about Twin Flames Universe is it does sort of straddle this line between, you know, it's not Nexium. They weren't Clary. Uh, yeah, they they weren't, haven't abducted people. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They haven't yeah. risen to that level. Uh Although there are folks who are in this group who believe they were trafficked, which is an interesting sure. perspective because they yeah. weren't able to choose the person that they were having sexual contact with, that they didn't even get to control when or how that sexual contact happened. Um, it would take, I think, you know, a very ambitious prosecutor to yeah. take on that kind of case. But back in 2020, some of these moms were already calling, you know, the FBI and the local Farmington Hills police. Farmington Hills has been like, this is not our jurisdiction. If sure. anything, like, go to the FBI. Um, we haven't heard any particular updates from that, you know, case. Um, certainly folks have said things to me that sound a bit like fraud. You know, wire sure. fraud is a very broad concept. I don't know if that's actually the case. I am not a lawyer. I am not a prosecutor. But definitely, I think the filmmakers behind the, the Netflix documentary in particular think that this is up to the FBI. They should be taking action and they want their documentary to spur that action. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, you know, um, am, as I said, not an expert, not a lawyer, yeah. uh, but certainly a lot of the things that I've heard about sound very concerning and very similar. Yeah, I mean, and I, yeah, it's tough because like, I, I mean, I, I, I do, I will say I would be shocked if there's not an active FBI investigation purely based on how, how popular the documentaries have been, right? Like I, I, that doesn't mean anything will actually happen, but at this point I would be shocked if they were not seriously looking into it just because it's like they're probably getting hassled by a bunch of people. Yes, and I mean, it is a very culty thing that they also collect sure. everything, you know, video of everything they've yeah. done. Um, I There's a lot the, to look into, yeah. The Yes, the hard drive that one of the folks in the documentary named Keely collected was literally called the Holy Grail, right? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> for, yeah, yeah. For Nexium, for Keith Raniere, his, you know, damning evidence was called studies. So I feel like this is the studies hard drive. Yeah. Uh, in that case. Gosh. Well, we'll continue to all look at into this and, and excited to kind of see, hopefully, eventually some sort of justice being done. Although that's always yeah. a lot to ask for out of the world. Um, <sighs> yeah. Well, 
Uh, Mia, did you have anything else you wanted to get into? I think that's basically everything. Okay. And uh, uh, Sarah, did you have anything else you wanted to, to, to make sure to mention? Well, I would just like to mention that, you know, having a belief about something like a soulmate is not necessarily a bad thing. I don't sure. want people to feel stupid for having weird beliefs. If you open your third eye and, you know, believe your partner has been, you know, in your dreams since birth, that's fine to me. Um, I don't want to disparage that kind of person. It's it's the systematic coercion that, you know, I'm particularly concerned about in my reporting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe you could check out my book. It's called Don't Call It a Cult. Uh, yes. It's about the Nexium case. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Sarah Berms, B-E-R-M-S, um, not X. Um, I'm dead no. naming Twitter again. Yeah, it's uh, fine. Yeah, it's that's, fine. that's about it. All right. Well, everyone, that's been another episode of It Could Happen here. Uh, Until next time, why don't you go happen somewhere else? It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.